Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiaki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiaki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to the Science of Magic, a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to co-create new solutions and hopefully promote evolutionary thought. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring energy psychology, emotions in your genes. I'm amazed as I watch my children display mannerisms, use expressions, and react emo- emotionally like relatives I knew but they'd never seen. My sister knew our, did not know our maternal grandmother, but as she ages, she displays many of her tendencies. Now, the physical characteristics and health issues are understandable, but having the same wording, phrasing, and emotional responses is intriguing, to say the least. Some manifestations seem age-specific, coming on at the same time as the age of the ancestor. I've witnessed such with physical illness the same malady showing up in a descendant at the same age as an ancestor, whether they've ever been in contact or not. There would appear to be more into genetics than what meets the eye. Have we underestimated the magnitude of what's passed on through our genetic line? Can understanding genetics better help us unravel not only physical illness, but emotions as well? If emotions are passed down along with physical characteristics, are we doomed to the emotional patterning of our relations? Or is there a way to override genetic predisposition? For that matter, who are we really? Where do our relations end and we begin? Our guest this hour may have some surprising answers to these questions. Dr. Dawson Church is an award-winning author whose best-selling book, The Genie in Your Genes, has been hailed by reviewers as a breakthrough in our understanding of the link between emotions and genetics. He founded the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare to study and implement promising evidence-based psychological and medical techniques. His groundbreaking research has been published in prestigious scientific journals. He's the editor of Energy Psychology, Theory, Research, and Treatment, a peer-reviewed professional journal, and a blogger for the Huffington Post. His website, eftuniverse.com. Dawson, thank you so much for joining us on Science of Magic. Quill, it's a pleasure to be here, and I just had to chuckle at that story about your kids showing behaviors and emotional responses that relatives they never even knew had. I just was so struck by that. We'll talk a lot more about that, but I, I love that example. 
<laughs> it's uncanny. I mean, my, my son will use an exact phrase of a grandfather that he never met. And it's a phrase that I have never used. It's interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, we're often so, learning out the life scripts, even at the genetic level, of our grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-great-grandparents. It's astonishing how these genetic imprints, which we thought uh, could not be passed along from generation to generation, now research is showing that in some, uh, like mouse and rat studies, even seven generations on, behaviors are being passed along epigenetically with absolutely no change in the genome, but purely as a result of epigenetic tags that are making the genes do things and, and express a certain way. So, uh, yeah, even in, 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 when it comes to behavior, that seems to be the case. And it's fascinating that you, you've observed this in, in real life in your own family. Yeah, what are epigenetic tags? Well, there is the DNA, and the DNA has the blueprint to make something. So our, our body, when it's called upon to make a complex molecule, needs instructions for how to do that. These are long molecules. They have a huge number of atoms in them. They have different electrical charges at different points along their length. And our body needs to know how to make this very very intricate piece of biological machinery. So it has a blueprint, and that blueprint is a gene. And um, we thought that initially when we were doing, when scientists were doing the Human Genome Project in the early 1990s, that we knew that there were about 100,000 of these molecules, these protein, complex protein molecules. We thought we'd find 100,000 genes in our genome, plus then another 20,000 regulatory genes to try and regulate and manage the whole process. And what we found eventually was that there were only about 24,000 genes, far fewer than we were expecting, and that they were being controlled from outside the cell and outside the DNA molecule itself. And so that's the science of epigenetics, how these genes, these blueprints are um, called forth from the body from outside the cell. And it's a very simple example is, is adrenaline. When you see a um, pit bull in the park and it's on its, its, its leash and it's straining and barking and looking at you with murderous intent, <laughs> <laughs> you have a rise in adrenaline. And it's not something you're deciding to do. It's not something that's uh, part of, 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 of your beliefs. It's simply a biological response. And so at that point, your body is getting that stress signal. That's being translated by your your body into, molecu into molecular instructions. The gene that codes for adrenaline is then being expressed epigenetically. It's being triggered by that emotional response to the dog, that visual response, the emotional response, which is then triggering that biological blueprint that makes adrenaline to produce adrenaline. You have, have a surge of adrenaline, and that's all happening within about three seconds. Th those genes are, are, are being expressed in about three seconds, purely in response to something that's happening totally outside the body. So uh, we're having these responses all the time and translating emotion, experience, thought into biology. Okay, so when you're saying this happens in like three seconds, that would indicate to me that... It's not a, a, a chemical response. It's, it's a vibrational response to happen that quickly. Is that is that the case? That is very perceptive, Gwilda, because that indeed is what happens. And we used to very much think in terms of um, mechanical biological functions. And that's what I call the lock and key model, where if you want to open up your car, you can walk up to your car with that key, you can stick the key in the lock, you can turn the key, and it'll open up your car. But, and our body has a whole bunch of those kinds of, um, of biological uh, changes that occur. Just for example, in neurological signaling, we have chloride and sodium atoms that, that move across the cell's membrane, and that's what helps our body transmit neurological signals. But you can also unlock your car by walking up to it, and when you're 20 feet away, pull out your remote and go click, and that'll unlock the car as well. Our body has these energetic systems as well as mechanical ones. And the energetic systems are usually much faster than the mechanical ones. And for a century, um, our whole explanatory, explanatory frame has looked for those mechanical changes. And what we're now realizing with especially with new devices like the MRI, the MEG, the EEG, we're realizing that so much of the way our biology is turned on and off is by energy, by thought. When you just have a thought, when you just when we remember the dog, uh, say you're not talking about to your best friend about the, the, this pit bull, and it's now a week later, 
And so you're describing the pit bull, you're remembering the pit bull, you're remembering those fangs, remembering the saliva, remembering <laughs> feeling, feeling afraid. Suddenly, all of those same biological changes are happening in your body, but now they're being turned on by thought, by just by the memory and your emotional response to that memory. And that is what's happening in your brain is that all kinds of brainwave changes are happening so that, that all that information is, is, is being translated by your body into these, these molecular molecules by thought and emotion, and that's epigenetics as well. So is the thought and emotion actually matching the frequency of the time of the original trauma? It is, and um, people who are gripped by severe trauma, th this is all happening involuntarily, and that's when, for example, our nonprofit program is called the, the Veteran Stress Project, and we've worked with thousands of veterans who have PTSD, mm -hmm. and what they have is symptoms like nightmares and flashbacks, intrusive thoughts. That is where you aren't, you're trying not to think about the bomb blast in Vietnam or your buddy getting shot by a sniper in Afghanistan, and you cannot not think about it. There's an intrusive thought. It pops into your mind. You, um, have, have, you have a nightmare. One Vietnam veteran said that every, every night around 4 a.m. he wakes up, and we traced it back to his first day after he was deployed in Vietnam, he was assigned to a forward operating base, and there was a mortar attack, and when he heard these mortars going off, he dived under the bed. Now, this was a camp bed. This was not going to give him any protection from a mortar attack. Right. But it was the best he could, do, he could do. So now, 40 years after Vietnam, every night at 4 a.m., he has a surge of adrenaline, surge of cortisol going through his body, and he wakes up and has a nightmare about this. And so, um, absolutely, these things can be happening a long time after they initially occurred and producing all of these the shifts in, in the body. So trauma trauma does affect you a long time after the event. So, so in this case, he's actually recreating the moment in Vietnam and living it again, but he's actually shifting reality for himself. Yes, and unable to escape from it as well. Ugh. <laughs> if I wanted to recreate something, it wouldn't be a moment in Vietnam, believe me. <laughs> no, that's why I say it's involuntary. Uh, most of us are, are fair, have some ability to regulate our emotions, to say that's not reality, that's not happening now. Um, there's a wonderful concept from a friend of mine who's a psychiatrist in New York. He says the, the past is always present for people who we're are gonna, traumatized. The past is the past. We're going to have to pick up on the past, being present on the other side of a commercial break. Dawson and I will return shortly, so don't go away. Remember, you can always listen to past thought-provoking episodes free of charge on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. This is The Science of Magic with Gulda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Gwilda Wiaka's latest book, The Science of Magic, Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is the first book in a series based on her writings that open every episode of The Science of Magic radio show. Drawing on the subject matter of each guest, and armed with over 40 years' experience in shamanism, 35 years in alternative health, and degrees in psychology and religious studies, Gwilda introduces relevant and leading-edge information that supports spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Rich with wisdom and inspirational quotes packaged in digestible segments, this is a book that will pull you from cover to cover. It will also serve as a daily inspirational reading for years to come. 
The Science of Magic Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is available at our website, tsompublications.com, amazon.com, and wherever fine books are sold. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the Exxon, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible, and what might they do next? Find out more, Exxon Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic. We're dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness, and I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Dawson Church, the award-winning author of The Genie in Your Genes and founder of the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare. His website, EFTUniverse.com. Dawson, we were going into recreating the past, and I've, I've, got, a, I've got another course. I've got a question. You'd think I was an interviewer or something. <laughs> Once we have set in stone that level of PTSD to where we literally shift our reality through our, our um, vibrational response to stimulus, is that then put into our genes? Is that then passed down to our children? Because I've certainly seen evidence of that. It is. And um, research showed, for example, that, hum- in, again, in mouse and rat research, we've seen this happening when a parent is taught to fear a certain stimulus, then when the that parent produces offspring, even though the offspring has never ever been exposed to that stimulus and never had any bad association with that stimulus, the offspring is still afraid of that stimulus. And that can then propagate to the next generation and the next generation, seven generations along the line in, in, in mice. Again, we use mice to, to model these, these effects because they live about two years for a lab mouse. So you can, you know, in, in, in two years, you can, you can really see how, how this, is, this is working much faster than in human beings. But in human beings, we've been able to show that um, grandmothers who are fearful in a certain way, epigenetically, that's passed along to their daughters and then to their daughters. So we've shown three generations there. And what's amazing to me is that, for example, Holocaust survivors, they have, um, again, they have, they have higher rates of disease, they have high levels of stress, they have high levels of cortisol, and they have certain epigenetic tags, which we can measure and read in their genome. But what happens with them is that their daughters and the daughter's daughters are showing those same epigenetic tags. And so you wind up with a grandchild and she is showing some of those same stress responses, even though not only did, 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 her, did she not go through the Holocaust, her mother never went through the Holocaust either. It was her grandmother and she's now carrying those tags along. So yeah, once PTSD is set up, it can perpetuate itself across both human and animal generations. And so that's why I so strongly advocate that we work on our traumatic uh, triggers because uh, a giant study done by Kaiser Permanente and the Centers for Disease Control looked at 17,400 adults who had um, childhood trauma and they found that they, as adults then, and this is, go, this is 50 years after the trauma occurred, so half a century later they had higher rates of cancer, heart disease, diabetes, hepatitis, smoking, suicide attempts, all kinds of malaises in their 50s, in their late 50s, even though the events had happened a long time before. So that's why I'm a, such a passionate advocate for people not just cleaning up and working on the emotional triggers from the car crash that happened five years ago or the bad divorce that happened 10 years ago, but um, also go back to their childhoods, even though they're painful, and work on all those childhood memories as well. 
So what you're telling me is, <laughs> and that's an answer to one of my questions, is we aren't necessarily stuck with this just because it gets set in our genes. There are methods by which we can um, free our genes of that imprint. Is that correct? There are methods in which we can free our genes from that, that imprint, and not only that, we can measure it. I did a study of the epigenetics of stress in veterans, and we weren't just measuring their levels of PTSD symptoms and their anxiety and depression, their psychology. We were measuring their, their biology as well, and we found that key regulatory genes were changed, and the technique we were using in that particular study was called EFT, or emotional freedom techniques. And so this is a, a somatic intervention. It involves acupressure. So we're, we're stimulating these acupuncture meridians by pressure, by tapping on acupuncture points. And what we found was that even um, though these these veterans had all the genetic characteristics of, of highly stressed people, after 10 one-hour EFT sessions, all of those had shifted. They, uh, their inflammation levels were down, their immunity levels were up, and the whole genetic makeup of their biology had shifted. Their psychology had, had, had changed drastically. Their, their PTSD symptoms, like those flashbacks and nightmares, had dropped by over 50%. So EFT, yeah, has been shown genetically to produce uh, large changes. Another study showed 72 genes changing after an EFT session. So mm. we now can track this, and we now, now know that you can reverse those biological Ill, Ill effects. It's so worth doing, even if you're 60 or 70 years old, it's still worth going in there and um, removing those epigenetic tags mm. and then giving yourself the prospect of a much healthier life. Well, you know, um, shamanism, <laughs> you, a lot of what we're talking about here is the illness of soul loss. They call it soul loss. You don't, you, you lose your soul, but you lose your original frequency design through trauma. And shaman, uh, trained shaman, um, can go in and rearrange that. They're frequency masters. They shift it at the frequency level. I'll bet we're seeing the same. We would, if we could study it, we'd be seeing the same difference there. And a couple of things that, that shamanic societies, a lot of them believe, is the it'll affect uh, the sins of the father will affect the children until the seventh generation, right? Um, I mean, all of this has been known for 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 years and years and years and years. But I don't think we knew what people were doing with the with shamanic healing. Have you done any studies on that and how it relates? <laughs> I'm just laughing because um, you know, Wilda, nowadays we call it psychology and we would describe the same thing as perhaps dissociative identity disorder where part of the self had broken off mm -hmm. and there might we might put a person that person in voice dialogue therapy or parts of self there's something called parts therapy to reclaim those lost parts 10,000 years ago we called this we called the soul loss and we didn't go to the psychologist we went to the shaman but it's the same thing and essentially there is some part of you that when you got uh, injured as a child, that part of you concluded the world wasn't safe and it, it, it split off and it went into hiding. And so people with, with many different traumatic events in their early childhoods then have event after event after event, which they did this, and eventually they've lost that whole part of who they are. And so what we're doing when we do EFT, when we meditate, when we do any of these kinds of techniques, they bring, they give us the chance to reclaim those parts of ourselves that we, we lost. We learn it, that it's safe. We learn that, that that's something that happened a long time ago when I had no resources. And especially if it happened early, Wilda, it is, it can be so damaging. We look at the, uh, we look at the, the biology of people who were severely abused as children. Again, developmental trauma is, develop, is, is trauma that occurred when people were very, very young and their brains were developing. And it's not like the car crash at 24 or being deployed in Afghanistan at 39. It's very, very different. This is trauma laid down at the level of neurological connections in the middle part, the emotional part of the brain. And so um, when you have that soul loss or that soul fragmentation that occurs very early, when that part of self, the self decides the world is an unsafe place, I'm getting... Um, abused by the very people who are meant to protect me, that that part runs away and hides. And then the, the person may have a very enduring sense of loss of that part of the self not being there. And absolutely, it's possible to reclaim those parts of, of the self and reintegrate them. And then you have what's what is a wonderful phrase from NLP called congruence. You have all the parts of the self integrated and then moving 
together toward the person's goals without parts of the self being lost or fragmented or scared or hiding or not marching in the same parade. It's powerful to watch that happen. I would watch, for example, I, I, we've done this with, with many veterans over the past decade, and you watch somebody who was just really uh, living a fragmented life and suddenly they'll they'll start to shift they'll feel psychologically much better they'll start to feel physiologically much better and their whole life story the whole way they see themselves and who they are will will change it's just wonderful to see that happening in people who've I've, been abused or traumatized yeah i've got a quick another quick question about this it's if we are matching the frequency of the trauma are we also uh, creating an environment where it can reoccur we there is such a thing as triggers that can be in the present as well as in the past and that leads to behaviors like avoidance uh example there was one vietnam veteran we worked with and he couldn't walk past a chinese restaurant or an oriental restaurant without having a flashback and going back to vietnam he was triggered by the smell of oriental cooking and so yeah uh often there are cues in the present that are reminding us of those those past experiences and then we can be reliving them over and over and over again or avoiding them over and over and over, over again and not getting getting our, our lives back i remember one one guy i worked with he was in his 70s and um he had he, he'd been living in a retirement community for many years and um the retirement community had a bus that took all the people to the city twice a week and he and they had had wonderful experiences there they went to all kinds of museums and cultural activities in the city and this guy had never ever gone on the bus because he said i have a fear of heights and i'm so afraid when we go to the city i'll be exposed to having to go into a building and look down and have my fear of heights triggered so this guy had lost a huge chunk of his pleasure in his retirement because he had the sphere of heights we i worked with him did a one brief eft session with him and again we worked on a childhood trauma it turned out that when he was five years old his family moved to an to a to a new town where there was a giant um quarry and the quarry had a had a mechanical rock crusher and the sound of that rock crusher terrified him at the age of five and so somehow in his, his little brain at five he got this this emotional tag and this had now as an adult translated into fear of heights. We worked on that one memory from his childhood and his fear of heights completely and permanently went away. So we can reverse those things. And if we don't do it, there are big parts of our lives we, that can be full of pleasure and enjoyment, like his trips to the city with his friends, that we then get to reclaim because we become whole people once again. Well, we're going to talk about getting whole and use an EFT to do it on the other side of yet another commercial break. Dawson and I will return to this discussion on the other side, so please stay right there. Don't miss all the wonderful things we have to offer on our website, your resource for creative solutions in a changing world, thescienceofmagic.net. This is The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka on the wonderful Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. N.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. If you enjoy all the wonderful topics on our program, visit my blog where the adventure continues at our website, thescienceofmagic.net. I am your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and we are speaking with Dawson Church, the award-winning author of Genie in Your Genes and the EFT Manual. His website, eftuniverse.com. Dawson, I, uh, when, when we were talking about, okay, so a person has a trauma, um, even when they're young, and it gets imprinted in their genes, and then they revisit, relive, you know, end up with PTSD or whatever. We touched in briefly, but I'd like to clarify, if that goes uncorrected, it affects the generations after us. It's, it's in our genes, and we pass it on. Is that correct? Yes. Do we also pass it on to people that aren't d- d- uh, directly related to us? There's a really interesting field of study, which I talk about in my new book. Uh, my new book is called Mind to Matter. And in the book, I talk about a phenomenon called emotional contagion. And um, this was first noticed in the 1970s when uh, researchers noticed that there were certain workplaces where there'd be one person, that one person would be moody or unpredictable or angry or um, or unhappy. And that that emotion could be transmitted like a contagious disease, like the flu. So um, this one person who gets introduced into a team of 35 people, suddenly all 35 people are becoming suspicious and paranoid, uh, much less happy in their work. And so one person can be transmitting 
that the, that bad energy, just the way they transmit a physical disease. So, yeah, there is evidence that we we pass this to people around us. The some of the biggest examples, actually, there there are two examples I use in the book Mind to Matter. One is the Nuremberg rallies that Hitler used, Hitler staged mm-hmm. around 1934-1935, and these were places where there there'd be a hundred thousand people in a huge stadium in Nuremberg, Germany, and they'd be overwhelmed by um, emotion, and they'd be chanting the the name Heil Hitler and the name of the Führer, and William Shirer, an American journalist, went to Nazi Germany then, and he described this religious fervor that swept the crowd. And so there there were these ancient examples of you know rushes to war and he, social emotional contagion. But the most interesting one, Wilda, for me for the modern era was when a group of researchers, and this is really really a, a fascinating examples, but they decided to try and manipulate people's emotions on Facebook. And what they did was they simply tweaked people's Facebook feeds uh, slightly to produce either more emotionally negative stories or more emotionally positive stories, just a little bit, just a tiny little bit of tweaking so that either there was more emotional content that was positive or that was negative in your Facebook feed. They found that those people who were uh, receiving those emotional signals, especially the negative ones, um, became more negative themselves and then passed along those negative emotions through emotional contagion to other people. And eventually they were able to, quote unquote, infect about 700,000 people. Okay, it's almost a quarter of a million people, three, three quarters of a million people with emotional contagion uh, through through Facebook, through social, social media. So well, this, absolutely, this opens, it's not just the person next, opens, to, next to you. Yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. It opens up a whole rabbit hole. <laughs> okay, what are we being fed through the media on a daily basis, and right. what effect is it having on the psyche of of the masses? I mean, we're talking uh, conspiracies, we're talking uh, paranoia, uh, mob mentality, and all of this is passed <laughs> uh, just energetically. It's not like we have to generate anything. No, and so that's why your show is largely about consciousness, and that's why it's. Um, so vital to become conscious of the kind of life you're living, conscious of the kind of social interactions you're having, conscious of the media you're choosing to view, conscious of the news stories, the news sources you use. You can, um, I, I, I use an example in, in Mind to Matter of one woman who um, I knew, and I ran into her oh, four or five years after I'd been, I, I spent a lot of time with her at one point in my life as part of a big social circle, and then I ran into her my, maybe four or five years later, and she'd aged like 20 years, and um, I talked to her, and she was, you know, she was um, financially independent. She'd never had to work for for money for many years. She was very successful in her career as a singer. She's an opera singer. Um, she had a beautiful daughter. She had a great social circle. She, she basically had a beautiful living situation. She had absolutely everything in her life working for her. And what had aged her, what had stressed her was simply that she was completely tuned in to the news. She'd mm-hmm. wake up in the morning, she'd go on public radio, she'd listen to all the bad things that had happened overnight, she'd read the three or four newspapers, she'd go on websites, and it, again, there is nothing in her environment. Now, in, a, in our ancestors, you know, 100,000 years ago, they needed to be, to be aware of the tiger in the environment, of, of, of the snake, of, of the bad thing that might happen. But here she was where there was nothing bad that had happened to her, nothing bad was likely to happen to her, and yet she was filling her mind and her emotions with stress by the media she chose, driving her cortisol level up sky high. And high cortisol, I have a list of the things that it produces in your body. And they're not pretty. Things like increased skin wrinkling due to high cortisol, loss of muscle mass, loss of bone density, loss of ability to turn short-term into long-term memories, inhibition of memory and learning in the those circuits of the brain. All of these things happening directly linked in various studies to high cortisol. So what we can do if we're not conscious of what we're inputs we're receiving we can we can age ourselves and we can compromise our bodies and destroy our happiness purely by the way we use our minds and our consciousness and so it's it's vital that we get ahead of ahead of that process we use our awareness to focus on positive inputs positive people positive thoughts positive media and then shape our consciousness in a way that supports our health and long and long-term well-being 
you know, it's fascinating how so many of the major religions um, really focus on love, gratitude, faith, prayer. That starts to make a lot of sense with what you're saying, doesn't it? Just flood yourself with gratitude. I remember uh, just like three or four days ago, I, I went, I was, uh, we had a whole bunch of family over, and uh, my wife is just a hugely family-oriented person and just creates these wonderful events with kids and grandkids and friends. And um, I remember just going, the, the evening was drawing to a close and, and the younger kids were all playing a board game, but I was tired. I wanted to go to bed. So I just went up to bed and sat there. I was going to meditate. And then suddenly I was just thinking about the magic of the day and all these wonderful people in our lives. And I just began to cry with gratitude. It was just like an overwhelming gratitude, just completely um, shifting me. What I, what I know too is happening when we are in those states is that our brainwaves are changing. And again, in, in the new book, I go deep into brainwaves and brainwaves shift dramatically. Uh, neurotransmitters in our brains, like oxytocin, um, like anandamide, like serotonin, like dopamine are changing radically. In some of my studies, I'm measuring um, stress hormones and immunity hormones, and we find that immunity hormones are rising, and they're not just rising 10%. In one study of EFT tapping, we show that in a week of EFT, intensive EFT, after a week-long class on e with EFT, that immune function had risen by 131%, massive shifts in, mm -hmm. in immunity, even as cortisol had dropped by 37%. So uh, when you feel gratitude, when you feel thankfulness, when you, feel, when, you, when, you, when you do an act of kindness, when you just watch an act of kindness, research shows all of these things are producing effects in your body, and they're not trivial. Optimists live in some research shows, optimists live eight years longer than pessimists. Other research shows that people with a positive frame of mind live much, much longer than eight years, longer than those with a negative frame of mind. So these are producing huge, massive biological effects in our body. Wow. It's, it's just amazing, isn't it? And then, and then that affects the people around us. <laughs> and it affects our genetics, and therefore it affects our offspring. You know, in, in shamanism, again, there's there's a lot of genetic um, upgrades or genetic healing as a modern term for, for what they did. But uh, my original teacher believed that it affected not only the uh, descendants, but also the ancestors. Is there any evidence that this moves both directions? <laughs> one, of, one of the fun, funny things about quantum physics is that many, uh, many you know, we, we think of time as an arrow time, and it moves in only one direction. But actually, most of the... Um, equations in quantum physics, just you know, take the most famous equation in the world, which is Einstein's one, E, energy, equals mc squared, matter times a constant squared, E equals mc squared. That, that There's no directionality in that equation. You can say mc squared equals E. So many uh, much longer and more complex equations in quantum physics work both forward and backward. So I don't, you know, th th there's no way of proving this experimentally. But it's just interesting that um, certainly I, th I think the, the the worst that can happen is say you had uh, a miserable childhood, people were, were mean to you, uh, family members that were supposed to be good to you weren't. Um, when you take those experiences and lighten your load, when you when you tap, when you meditate, when you exercise, when you tune into your spiritual guidance and you remove the emotional um, weight that those things have on you, suddenly, regardless of whether you're changing the past, you feel better, your cortisol drops, all those health effects accrue to you. Then regardless of how mean or unconscious or whatever your ancestors were, you're not carrying that, that suffering forward and you're not passing it along to the next generation. I, I remember, you know, being a, being a child and when I was like two, three, four years old, I, uh, was getting, you know, having a lot, whole bunch of negative experiences. I remember saying to myself, and this is when I was three. Well, I was saying to myself, I'm sorry I, to interrupt. Uh, we're going to have ahead. to leave a cliffhanger on this one, but we do need to take <laughs> another break. Dawson and I will be back to our discussion shortly, so don't you dare go away. Visit our blog <laughs> to ask questions and share your thoughts as we continue co-creating new solutions in a changing world at our website, thescienceofmagic.net. While you're there, join my email family to be the first to receive our topic-driven episode collections. We are your resource for altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric, working to create common ground for the betterment of our world. This is The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net.
named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon Radio Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www williamspeckham.com Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What would you like to explore? I always love hearing from my listeners. You can email me at the info at thescienceofmagic.net and suggest a topic or a guest that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our guest this hour is Dawson Church, the award-winning author of Genie in Your Genes, as well as his latest book, Mind to Matter. Um, his website is uh, eftuniverse.com. What is EFT? Let's let's get into that a little bit. We're, we're talking about all sorts of magic that can happen. <laughs> I like magic. So what is EFT? Where did it come from? EFT look, looks like magic because you have people who are traumatized and they do EFT and then they aren't anymore. So it looks like magic. It's actually really biologically, physiologically based. But uh, it stands for Emotional Freedom techniques. And there are over a hundred studies which show that it's effective for anxiety, depression, PTSD, and both psychological and physical issues. Essentially, it combines thinking about bad things, which triggers those emotional responses like high cortisol and adrenaline, and then using acupressure while you think about the bad stuff. And the acupressure is on between seven, there are two forms of EFT. There's a short form and a long form. The short form uses seven acupressure points. The long form uses 12 acupressure points. And what we see in people doing EFT is um, that when you think about the bad thing that happened, whether it was a childhood event or an adult event, that the whole middle part of your brain, the emotional midbrain, the limbic system, gets highly activated. So if you have a person in an MRI or with an EEG and you have them think about the bad stuff, you see this huge surge of activity in the emotional brain as they go into fight or flight. 
But when they then tap these acupressure points with their fingertips, that stress response to the brain just goes away rapidly. And what the body seems to be doing is that when it's getting a second signal, so it's getting one signal from the, from the mind to go into stress, when you think about the pit bull, when you think about the bad thing that happened, when you think about the mortar attack in Vietnam, when you think about the stone quarry when you were five years old, so you're getting one signal from your mind to go into fight or flight, but then you're getting a second signal from your body, which is the soothing process of tapping on an acupuncture point. When the emotional brain is getting both these signals, they essentially cancel each other out. And the body realizes that, oh, okay, it's thinking about the quarry at the age of five, but now I'm getting this soothing signal from the energy system that I'm okay because of tapping on acupuncture points. And so the body then realizes, the emotion, emotional midbrain realizes that, that that experience is not a threat to its survival. And it it breaks the association between the event and going into fight or flight. And it's amazing when we study veterans long-term after six months or a year, after EFT, they, once you've broken those associations between the mortar attack and going into fight or flight one time in an EFT session, that association stays broken long-term. So that's what mm -hmm. EFT is. It's very simple. You can learn it yourself. I wrote a book called EFT Manual, third edition, which explains it. And you can even just, if you go on that website you mentioned, you can just download the free mini manual and, and try EFT yourself very quickly. So it's well worth learning as a very basic but highly effective stress management tool. Do you, do you suggest that people, if they're going to download your manual and use it themselves, have a, a backup support like uh, be in therapy or whatever? I mean, is there a downside or a shadow side to this? There is. There's a shadow side to everything. And um, so, it, yeah, definitely if you are, especially if you're working with, if you're, if you're a highly traumatized person, definitely have a therapist who understands trauma. Also, if you're working on um, long-term issues. For example, we have now done EFT with over a thousand people for weight loss. If you work great for weight loss because it reduces your cravings for sugar and sweets and chocolate, things like that. And so um, a lot of people use EFT for weight loss. There are numerous studies of EFT for weight loss as well. But um, while you can have uh, some benefit by doing it yourself for things like cravings. Um, if you're working with a therapist, if you're in an organized program, if you're uh, using it systematically with an experienced practitioner, you're gonna have better results usually. So uh, for the for the low-hanging fruit, yeah, use it yourself. But if you have um, a pattern of financial self-sabotage, relationship self-sabotage, eating, health, exercise self-sabotage, you are gonna be much more effective long-term if you find work with somebody who knows that territory and can guide you. So it's a great self-help technique, but uh, we, we've trained, we train thousands of people every year and working with one of our clinically EFT practitioners is certified who knows all 48 techniques, uh, who knows where to guide you to, will usually be much more effective than doing it alone. Mm. So um, let me back up just a little bit. You're using, it's kind of like where East and West meets. You're using acupuncture points and tapping. So basically you're using frequency to break up a feedback loop of trauma. Is, is that a good summation of what's going on there? You are, and these frequencies travel through the body very quickly, and they reduce the emotional impact of that trauma very, very quickly. I mean, it's actually, actually astonishing. Off at Will, in my live workshops, all people who've been processing a trauma for, for years. One woman uh, who was a th actually a therapist, and um, she'd been sexually abused from the age of, I think, four to the age of 17. Terrible childhood mm -hmm. trauma. And um, she wanted to work with me in front of the whole group, and there were like 60 people in the group, and I, I was saying, I just don't think that's going to work, you know. <laughs> but uh, she yeah. was a, a seasoned psychotherapist. She uh, Eventually, she, she I said, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And it was a long session. It took us like over an hour. But at the end of that session, she said, you know, even that horrible experience could not crush my joy. I'm a happy person now. My happiness was was there all along, and it's now just free to flourish. So her whole framework around that changed, and I'm just awed by the kinds of shifts people can go through, even around the most horribly traumatic experiences when they use EFT. You say it moves through the body very quickly. Is is a frequency? Is it an electromagnetic frequency or a mechanical wave? It's 
we measure it in the brain as six frequencies. The slowest wave is delta, the fastest wave, wave is gamma. And so we watch as we hook people up to EEGs and do EFT with them, we see the ratios of these brain waves changing as their brains process information differently. So we're literally measuring the electromagnetic signature of their brains and how their brain is processing information. Uh, neurons use electromagnetism to, to coordinate their activities over large areas of the brain and the body. And so those signatures all change when you tap. Mm. You know, it seems to me like this uh, technique, which is related to shamanism and is related to acupuncture and acupressure, and is kind of combining a whole bunch of things, bringing it into the modern era, has the potential to change reality. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Gwilda, this is, if, if you said that to me like 10 years ago, probably two years ago, I, I would have been pretty skeptical. In in my new book, Mind to Matter, uh, the, second, the first half of the book is all about healing ourselves, healing cancer, extending our, our lifespans, lengthening our telomeres, improving our stem cell counts. The whole second half of the book is about material reality. It's about the four forces of physics. It's about the physical world. And when I began to dig into the science behind how our thoughts can change literally what we think of as solid material reality, the molecules and atoms are all around us. I, I thought there'd be no science behind that. Turns out there is tons of science behind that, <laughs> literally showing consciousness changing the material real reality we live in. I, I can't, you know, that, that's that's the topic of a, another whole, not probably more than an hour, like, like a 10 hour workshop. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it will, it's, it's, it's literally happening and there's lots of science behind it. And so what do you see the ramifications of this moving into the future? The ramifications moving into the future are that we're going to have a very different world in 5, 10, 15, 20 years than we had have today or had in the past. I think that essentially we these new methods have been able to show that we can treat most mental illness effectively, anxiety, depression, just the way we wiped out you know, typhoid, cholera, uh, polio, all those diseases a long time ago. Now we have the ability to do, do the same with anxiety, depression, and PTSD as a society. And so I think we'll have a huge shift in mental health in, in the next generation that'll produce much healthier people and will produce people who can liberate their potential. So I think we're in for a wonderful ride as a species and a planet over the course of the next generation as all that human potential comes on steam. If we can just avoid negativity, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> it, it's fascinating. You know, and it's, it's wonderful to think that to reframe uh, what our future is going to be based on the power that we have if we just take it into our hands. And that's consciousness. That is using our consciousness deliberately. So when we're, we're creating reality now, the problem is we're creating it accidentally. We want to be creating it deliberately by taking control of our conscious output, what we say and think and do, and also our conscious input, what we allow in. When you do that and commit yourself to a positive output and positive input, then you change and then the world changes. <laughs> It sounds so simple. <laughs> Can um, we're just about out of time? Can uh, you do the uh, um, that technique? Can you do that long distance? You can do it long distance, and uh, distance healing is a fascinating topic. We've shown that people people's heart rates, for example, can entrain over thousands of miles. Mm -hmm. We've also shown mm -hmm. in some research that qigong, in one, one uh, piece of evidence in my book, Might uh, Matter. I'm, I'm sorry, it's hard to believe. We could go on forever, but we are out of time. <laughs> Dawson, thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, bless you. Thanks for your wonderful work. <laughs> Our guest this hour has been Dawson Church, the award-winning author of Genie in Your Genes, the EFT Manual, and his latest Mind to Matter. His website is EFTUniverse.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at thescienceofmagic.net. This has been The Science of Magic with Wilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Until next time, dear ones. May you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you find emotional freedom.
Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.